What is up, guys? I got something special in store for you. I got a bonus episode. So a couple months ago, um, uh, yeah, about two months ago, I had the opportunity to go to the Illinois State Teachers Convention where I was able to give two different workshops. Now, I know the workshops were designed for schools and for school administrators, but I think a lot of the content for especially the first workshop, uh, hopefully we'll be able to get the second one up as a bonus one here at some point, but I really I really do think a lot of the content that came out of the first workshop that I did is very relevant to churches as well. And the reason being is because the topic was how a website can make or break your school. Now, remember, with this conversation, it's not necessarily geared towards churches, but I know a lot of small churches, specifically in the conservative Baptist world, have schools attached to them as well. But at the same time, I know a lot of these principles that we talk about in this uh, this workshop will you just switch the word to school and bring it over to church and a lot of it will have the same effect. Now, I do want to make a couple notes here right off the bat. The first thing is, is I did this in a large lecture hall, so you're going to hear a lot of echo coming off my mic. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I promise. And the second thing to keep in mind is I'm going to delete pretty much all of the pre-conversation before we actually get into the good part of the conversation. So the intro with my family and all that kind of stuff, I'm going to just cut that out and get right into the good stuff. So if you hear me reference back to the beginning, just ignore it. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Now, I know this conversation is a long one because it was a longer workshop, way longer than normal, but I still wanted to put it out here mainly A, so that way it lives somewhere on the internet, but B, I really think it would be helpful for some of you guys to listen to this conversation. So this is not a normal conversation. This is not a normal episode. This is the first and hopefully not the last of the bonus episodes with the real, uh, not, I almost said Real Talk Christian Podcast. Oh, shoot. That's the other podcast <laughs> with the Small Church Media Podcast. So enjoy the conversation. Let me know if you have any questions. Just like always, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or hit me up at social media, Mark Hyde Creative on Facebook, T Mark Hyde everywhere else. All the links will be in the show notes. So I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. And until next time, which would be next Tuesday, take it easy. You know, there's no question at all that we're living in a very different culture right now, and you guys all know it. You guys have phones, you guys have tablets, we have computers, we have access to the internet anywhere we go, and we complain when we have dead spots. And because of that, how the world actually understands things to be has completely changed. You never have to leave your house anymore to get any answer that you want to any question, whether it's a business, whether it's a recipe, or whether it's a church or a school, you will have your mind made up before you even get out of bed after scrolling through your phone. So because of that, because we're living in a different world, we have to think differently, we have to process differently. We no longer can just have the mindset of, oh, we're a Christian school, people who love Jesus want to send their kids to my school. That's not how it works anymore. In fact, parents, it is proven, will make a decision based off of what they see on your website, if they will even pick up the phone to call you, if they want to visit you. If they don't like what they see on your website, or if you don't even have a website, chances of those people actually sending their kids to your school plummets. Now, I know a lot of your guys' schools are ministries of your church. The, the, the school that I send my kids to, Elkhart Christian Academy, um, they flat out say, we're a school first. We're going to teach Jesus. We're unapologetically Christian. We're unapologetically Baptist heritage but we're not a ministry of this church. We're a school. I know that's a very different mindset with a lot of smaller schools where you're a ministry. You're a ministry, just like the student ministry, just like Awana, 
just like expeditions, whatever program you do for your kids, just like senior saints, just like adults, it's a ministry. But at the end of the day, as you guys know, just like we're seeing schools all across America, if we don't get kids into the school, the schools close, which means the other kids end up getting hurt. I brought these facts with me real quick. These are actually on my website as well, but these are facts about how the internet is used related to business. And we're going to take this mindset and ask, can we apply this to school as well? Right off the bat, you guys can see the main four numbers. 57% of internet users say that they will not recommend your business to someone else if your small business website is not designed to be viewed on a phone because that's where most things are viewed nowadays. Um, 38% of people will leave a small business website if the content and design is not actually visually appealing. 47% expect a small business website to load in two seconds after connecting. And 75% of users admit that they judge a small business's credibility based on how the website looks and updates. So here's the question is, what does these stats mean for your school? If this is how the world thinks about every business, every restaurant, every establishment, you can guarantee that they're going to think that way for your school as well. It means that if people have this mindset towards the business, they'll have this mindset towards the school as well. So if you change the words of small business to school, we potentially could see that 57% of people may not recommend your school based on just a viewing experience. 38% will leave the website and just call it quits. 75 say that they will judge the school based or judge, judge the business, which could be judge your school based on how your website. So long story short, your school's website will make or break your school because if parents don't like what they see or read, they'll just go on to the next school that they find on Google. Now, I have talked with a lot of different, mainly churches and some schools as well, and um, the biggest concern that I hear from a lot of these is like, you know what, Mark, we don't have a lot of money. We don't know what we're doing. But you know what? We got a Facebook page and that seems to be doing really well. People are sharing our content. They're interacting with it. We're doing Facebook ads. We have all these different things. If our Facebook is doing so well, why on earth do we need a website? Which honestly is a fair question. But I want us to think a little bit differently about this. All right. So I have a picture of a house, just pretty stereotypical Midwest house. Um, in order for someone to walk into a house, what do they have to do? They have to open the door and walk in. The way I teach a lot of churches about how websites actually work is your website is the front door to your school or the front door to your business or the front door of your church. In other words, people will not actually step foot inside of your premises, inside of your building, until they have everything that they want to know known and they trust you enough to open that door and walk in. I do a lot of work with churches, hence the Small Church Media Podcast. And a lot of the things that we are trying to teach churches through that is the fact of if people don't know where to park, what to dress, what to do with their kids, all the, from the time they sit down to stand up to leave, if they don't have everything mapped out, the chance of them actually visiting your church plummets. And the same goes for your school, too. Now, where does Facebook play into this, all right? I want you to think about it this way. We have the house. Your school is the house. If the website's the door... Facebook is more the windows. It kind of gives you a way to peer into the school. Okay, this is what's happening. This is what the event that's going on. Oh, here's a picture of these kids doing this science project. Oh, here's a picture of the athletic team doing this. Oh, they're doing a fundraiser. They're doing this. It gives people little glimpses and opportunities to view into your school and understand it. But every single time after they hit Facebook, they're going to go to your website. And the reason is, is the website lets you systematically have all your content in such a way where every answer, so hopefully, 
will be, or every question will be answered. Parents will know what to expect when they walk in the door. You'll have taken them on a journey to know, okay, how do we now, do we do this? Okay, what steps do you want us to take now to enroll? But at the end of the day, your school's website is the most important digital entity and should be treated as such. People may be interested from the school from the outside, but will not be able to walk through the doors unless they like what they see on the website. So this workshop, I've... um, my, my wife has hated me for this. I've reworked this web, like these workshops so many times over that I've, yeah, she's, she's tired of me talking about it. Um, but I think I got it nailed down, all right? So what this workshop is mainly going to be talking about is um, the way your website looks and functions to meet the needs of those who land on it. And then next workshop, and again, if you can't make it, that's why I wanted to give you that PDF as well. How do you take someone who lands on your website and converts them into visitors, and not just visitors, but into enrolled families? Now, some of the stuff that I may say might be no-brainers. Some of it you might be thinking, Mark, I can find this just Google search or whatnot. And I understand that. And that's why we're going to try to go through the, all the stuff as quick as we can. So more questions on the back end. But today, we're just going to be talking about the way the website looks and how we can make or break it. So I have uh, four different ways that a website can make or break your school and then four different solutions out of that. I'm a Baptist pastor, so not having three points is a little weird, but we're going to do four, so it's okay. So here's the first way that a website could make or break your school. Having no website means that people cannot find you online. I went onto the AACS website the other day and just was going through multiple states and seeing the multiple different schools that are listed on there. And one thing that I noticed was a lot of these schools did not have their own website, especially the really small ones that have like 40 kids, maybe 30 kids. They just have a little tab on the church page to go from there. If you don't have a website, people will not find you online. In fact, I pulled this stat up. Um, I think I moved it around. Oh, there it is. Um, 93% of online experiences start with an online search. So if your website cannot be found online, the chances of you actually getting new people to join your school outside of those who are in your church absolutely plummets. The second one, though, is having a poorly designed website actually means that people don't trust you. Going back to the stats, 57% of internet users say they won't recommend a business. 38% of people say they leave a website. And 75, this is what I want to focus on, of users admit that they judge a business's credibility based on how a website looks and operates. In other words, if your website looks like it's 20 years old, people might wonder, is this school even still around? Or if the website simply just looks outdated, Parents might come to the website and think, oh, they're an outdated school. They're not equipped to teach my kid who lives in this whole different century. If your website is old and slow, parents might not even trust you with what you're going to do with their money, which is a big problem that we have right now in the church anyways, in terms of pastors not actually being who they say that they actually are. So if your website is poorly designed, right off the bat, parents probably will not trust your school. If you're asking parents to, hey, give $4,000, $5,000, whatever your tuition numbers are, say, hey, come come to the school. We're going to teach your kids how to be prepared for college and all these different things. But they look at something and go, that looks really old and outdated and maybe even archaic. Will you be able to prepare my student to take the next step to go to college? 
Uh, number three, how a website can make or break your school is having a hard-to-navigate website means that people will leave your website frustrated. If parents don't know where to go, then how will they be able to find what they're looking for? And a lot of times, you know, a lot of people talk about, okay, maybe the, we're talking about the, the, the navigation on a website, right? Like you got the about page, you got the enrollment page, you got the athletic page and all these different things, which yes, a navigation is essential, especially a modern navigation is essential because that actually tells the user what type of era your website is in. But more than just that, are you actually telling people where to go next and for parents where to go next? If they start on the about page and they read about the school, okay, are you telling, okay, what's the next thing I want to go visit? Okay, the next thing I want to go visit is the history. So here's a little button to go there and go there and go there. Are you taking your parents on a journey all the way through the enrollment process on your website or are you just expecting parents to show up and do the work to find them, find the answers? Now, I was a youth pastor for, for many, many, many years. And one thing that I learned about teenagers is they're lazy as all get out. And I know you guys know that as well as being involved in schools. Teenagers want to be spoon-fed everything. You know, in fact, my 10-year-old daughter, she asked a question. And I said, well, you figure it out. She goes, I don't want to. That's why I asked you what it is. No, Ava, do your math. It'll be okay. We'll figure it out together, but we'll do it. But so many times, teenagers just want to be told the answers. And that's why critical thinking in school is huge. But here's the problem, all right? Parents also want to be spoon-fed information. Parents, just like you guys, just like me, we're busy. Some of us are overworked. Some of us are overtired. We got babies at home that ain't sleeping. We got kids who won't eat anything we put in front of them. We're frustrated. We just want to be told what to do and how to do it. If your website is actually frustrating to navigate, a already frustrated parent at their student is not going to want to deal with your website at all. And last, number four, is having not enough information means that people will select a different school over yours. Now, we're going to talk about this aspect a little bit more in the next workshop of, okay, what information do we need to have on the website? But right now, I want you guys to more so be thinking about, okay, so having a website is essential. It needs to look good. It needs to have the right information. Okay, so how do we do that? So that's, that's the next question that we have to answer, is what do we do with all of this information? Now, obviously, the first solution is if you don't have a website, you got to get one. <laughs> I mean, we're living in a world where 90, 93% of online experiences start with an online search, and Google actually has an even bigger retention rate of that. Google is the number one search engine across the board. And I know a lot of people specifically in churches and in schools and even some businesses as well, we just don't like Google because of what Google stands for. And I get that. But at the same time, parents are using Google. So my question is, is if someone Googles a school near me or a school in this city, Christian education near me, A, will your website pop up? And B, do you even have a website to pop up? Um, I put this right here as well as a little bonus, but there's something called Google My Business. I don't know if you guys have ever heard about this before, but when you Google something, um, Bruno's Pizza, let's just do that one. If I Google pizza, pizza place near me, there's something that appears right at the very top of Google with the map and the locations near me, and then they call it the top three pack. Those are the three most, and what Google thinks, these are the answers that you're looking for. You don't got to look anywhere else. If you can land something inside the Google three-pack, it's guaranteed, not for schools, but for businesses, you will make millions more every single year. It's been proven. Over Google ads, over Facebook ads, getting in that Google three-pack is absolutely 
critical. And in fact, not even just doing that, but securing a Google My Business tells Google that that website is a, a, a valid website. We want people to know about it. If you're updating it, they're going, okay, this is like people are trying to actually you know, feed the beast, so we're going to let people see this more. It will actually help people find your school faster. On top of that, Google My Business, you're allowed to connect it to like Facebook and other things like that, where if people are looking for even just reviews, people can leave reviews on Google, which I know you guys see that as a lot as well, as well. That's through Google My Business as well. And the more reviews you get for your school, more reviews you get for your church, the chances of you getting out of that Google first page, just on the page, grows incredibly. And the more you get, the more you can get into that Google three pack. Having a website is very, very important, but if no one can find your website, you wasted a lot of money and you wasted a lot of time. So yes, you need to have a website, but second, you need to get your website found by people. The first step is having a Facebook page, um, getting your website on Google My Business, securing that little portal and start collecting reviews like that as well. SEO work also helps, and that's where a lot of marketing firms will sell you SEO content search engine optimization to help your website gets found, but a good, easy first step if you don't is A, get a website, and B, if you have not secured Google My Business, secure that Google My Business. Uh, the second one, second solution, is make sure your website is visually and logically designed well. And this is where I see a lot of schools fail. Um, I went through probably about 30, 40 different websites in preparing for this conversation. Both big schools that, you know, have $15,000 tuition. Like we have a school, this is ridiculous. The kindergarten program costs more for my son to go to kindergarten there than it did for me to go to Northland back when I went to college in 2010. But it's one of the biggest schools in my entire area in South Bend because the rich Notre Dame fat cats are just sending their kids to this school. There's another school near us that's absolutely huge as well. It's a junior high and a high school. Again, $10,000 tuition payments. Their websites are so beautifully and intricately designed and have these many, many, many pages. And they know it's because if we're asking for this price tag to send our students here, we need to let parents be confident and actually know what we're talking about. Because if we're going to teach the student, we had to prove to the parent first that we can teach the student. But the more you go down into just, you know, normal, I would say normal Christian schools and small Christian schools, conservative Christian schools, evangelical Christian schools, the farther you go down the, the pecking order, so to speak, the more the website design abilities tend to fall short. And I'm not trying to blame anybody for that. And the reason is, is because, let's be honest, you guys are schools, you're administrators, y'all ain't got a lot of money. <laughs> We're trying to pay teachers. We're trying to keep the lights on. We're trying to have athletic programs. Having a website in our site thinks we cost a lot of money. In fact, some marketing firms might charge up to $10,000 for a website. In fact, if you go to like a Bob Jones website or a Maranatha website or these big college experiences, I would not be shocked to hear that those have $15,000 to $20,000 price tags on them. Now, they hire students and pay them 10 bucks an hour to do it, but... You get the gist. But at the end of the day, if your website is not visually and logically designed well, parents will leave. So the solution that we have to think about is no longer thinking of a website in terms of, okay, it's going to cost a lot of money. It costs a lot of time. We just need to slap something up there, say, um, we have school, we have an elementary, we have a this, we have a this. Oh, look, we use a Becca. Oh, no, no, no. We use Bob Jones. We don't use Becca. We use Bob Jones. And then some people are like, we don't use either one of y'all. We use this. And that's what a lot of times Christian schools want to do. But at the end of the day, if you don't give your parents enough information to actually feel confident that they already want to send their kid to your school, 
they're going to look around and see what else is there to do. Um, the next one is make your website very, very easy to navigate. You know, a clean menu makes the most sense. You have to have that. But again, I've used this word a lot, but you've got to take your parents on a journey. Prospective parents need to be taken on a journey. They need to be courted or dated, whatever word you want to use, through your website. You almost have to feel like, okay, we want to take them somewhere. When you take someone on a date, my wife, I know if I take her on a date, I got to make sure it's all planned out. We know the steps we're going to take. If we want to have a, a really good experience, I got to plan it all out. If it just happens by chance, knowing me, it ain't going to end up going, well, we're just going to go to Chipotle and call it a night. That's what's going to happen. But same thing with the website. We have to actually stop thinking of just we're giving information and no longer just thinking about information, but how can we take our parents on a journey? And that's what we're going to talk about in the next workshop. And then last, we also not, don't just need to take parents on a journey, but we need to have sustenance when they're in there too. We need to be able to have enough information given to parents that they can trust you before they even contact you. And now here's the question. Now what? What do we do? You might be sitting there thinking, okay, Mark, so yeah, I know our website's not, I mean, it's not bad. It's not great either, but you know, I don't think it's doing too bad. I don't think it's doing too poorly, but what if I could tell you if we could get your website up a notch? and you get another new family enrolled because of a new website, that has amazing long-term effects. What if I can tell you that if you can start taking your parents on an amazing journey that when they recommend your school to another parent, they go to the website, they're so blown away by this website that they're like, I want my kid here because of what they were able to do for me in that. It's no shocker at all that your website alone is going to get people into your school. In fact, you guys all know this, but the reason why so many people are in your school is because of people telling other people, telling other people, telling other people, and having a good reputation in the community that we produce people who love Jesus, and it's a good education, and they have great college opportunities. However, you can have parents give all the glowing recommendation you want, but since we're living in a century that actually very much cares about physical appearance— very much is lazy. My, my generation, I mean, we're the upcoming, well, actually, we're here. We're not upcoming anymore. Gen Z is, whew. But we're the ones who, like, my family are the ones who are sending people to school. What are we going to do with that? I'll share the story a little bit more in detail, but just recently, before my wife even took the job at Elkhart Christian Academy, uh, we were trying to figure out what school to go to. Now, me being from South Bend, I could tell you every school, where it's located, who the teachers are. I don't like them. I like them. And it has nothing to do about the school. It's just sports. They beat us, so I don't like them. That's just what it is. So it's... It's fact. It's fact. I and mean, that's how high schoolers think. But my wife was like, no, 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 no. I need to know every little thing about the school because you may know the school's mark, but I don't. She spent hours searching on Google, on Facebook, talking with friends that we have in the community, hitting up the little, like the mommy Facebook groups of, hey, I'm looking for a Christian school in South Bend. What did you guys recommend? But every single time that she was recommended somewhere, she went to the website first. Your website can make or break a school because if someone recommends your school to someone else, is your website ready to take them in and take them on a journey to enroll them as a student? So here's some next steps, all right? So first, the next steps that we need to take to figure out, okay, is my website making or breaking my school? The first thing I want to figure out is, is my website even doing its job? All websites have stats, especially if they're built properly. Have you checked your stats lately? Have you checked how many people actually show up on your website? And then compare that to, okay, we've had 60 visits this last month. How many people have contacted us? 
Have you talked to other parents who have looked at your school and have walked in and say, hey, okay, so how did you even find us? Was it a friend? Was it the website? Are you actually asking questions of people when they walk into your school? And you can even ask people, okay, so when you were on the website, did you have every question that you had answered? And they'd be like, no, we had these ones and these ones and these ones. Write those ones down and get those suckers on the website. Because if those parents are asking those questions, they're bold enough to say, you didn't give me this. You barely there's a lot of other parents who are thinking that same thought as well. So first, you've got to ask, is my website actually working? Is it actually working? The second one, and this one's a lot harder, but is my website actually designed well? Look at your pictures. Look at your content. Does your stuff actually have updated information? Does it have an old copyright thing at the bottom? Does it have relative information on there that actually makes sense for what you know parents actually care about right now? And then when you open it up on a phone versus a desktop, does it look just as good, if not better, because you can better believe busy moms that are trying to figure out what to do with their kids, they ain't going to sit down at a computer. They're going to look at their phone while they're on the go. Um, and then here's another one is look at other school websites, not just ones that are around you because you don't want to duplicate the really big, you know, um, charter school. Is that the right word? The big charter school next to you. But just other schools around and go like, okay, how are other ones designed? Does ours look like this a little bit as well? Not to get envious because, you know, that's breaking a Ten Commandment. Um, and not to just hate that school. Not to be like, oh, we're such a terrible school. But no, just to get a temperature reading of, is our website up to spec with what other schools deem to be up to spec? And you also have to understand that you might not be able to afford what they can offer, but can you provide the relative information that they are offering? The third one, and we're going to go into this one very, very, very deep next workshop. And it's just, are you answering every potential question that someone has on the website? And the last one is just get to work. Get to work. Your website, usually as a school, is the one thing that administrators, uh, I would say secretaries worry about because they're the ones who are updating it. But a lot of times administrators think the least about and why. We're dealing with COVID regulations. <laughs> And those aren't fun. We're dealing with disgruntled parents. We're dealing with kids who have special needs and we're trying to meet those needs and we can't. We're trying to actually get new people to come into our school and not just get new people to come in, but we're trying to keep people who are in the school already in the school. We don't have time to think about the website. And that's the answer I've gotten from a couple different administrators I was talking about is they go, I just don't think about it. I know it's there because we have to have it, but I don't think much about it. But if you can change your mindset just a little bit to go, no, my website is the most important piece of marketing that my school has, and it is the biggest, I would even say, flagship of your operation to get people into your school, and you start thinking less of it as a annoyance and more as your 24-7 salesperson, we can think completely different about the website. Now, I know this is where it gets awkward because the ministry would be like, all right, so cool. Mark, um, how much does the website cost? Because that's relative, right? You go on Google. I actually Googled real quick. And um, someone's like, oh, a website can cost five to $600. And another person would be like, well, I just did a $30,000 project. Another person said, I just did a $60,000 project. Another person's like, we got this for $6,000. And so the question is, what do we do with all this information? Google tells us a whole bunch of stuff, and we don't know where to go. Now, granted, there are DIY, DIY options, right? There's very, very easy DIY, DIY options. And we're the DIY generation. That's what we do as millennials. We take antiques, put a little paint on it, and boop. That's what we like to do. We like to DIY. And there's some great resources to do that. And a lot of websites use WordPress as a very free alternative to do things that they just use templates. I actually recommend if you aren't building your own website or hire someone else, 
don't use WordPress because it's the 90% of websites that get hacked are WordPress websites because there's back doors into it. Now, I will say this, I only build on WordPress for my big sites. Even, even the biggest companies we're working, I'm working with a marketing firm on a $10,000 website. We just finished up with 6,000. Those are both, those are both WordPress. But if you don't know what to do to set everything up, it's very, very easy to get that website hacked. In fact, the city of South Bend, <laughs> not the main website, but the 150th anniversary got hacked. So if you go to SB, I think it's like SB150.com, it's some random site over in China. They don't care because they don't do it anymore, but it got hacked very, very, very quickly. So what do we do? If you want to do DIY, I recommend Squarespace. Squarespace over everything. There's Weebly, there's Wix, there's GoDaddy Builder, there's whatever you want to do. There's thousand different builders. Hey, you can buy a hosting plan. We'll do a free little website builder for you. There's so many out there. But if you're going to do it yourself, I recommend Squarespace, and here's why. Squarespace is very secure. They teach you how to use their software, and it's very, very hard for your secretary to break it because everything is built in sections and blocks. If you go to other ones like Weebly, if you tried Weebly or other builders like Wix and you can literally drag anything you want and move it to any location that you want to do, things tend to look bad and cheap and falling apart. Squarespace, even though it is still, I mean, it costs 12 bucks a month just to use it or 18 if you want the business side. I say do the business because you get the better stats and all the other things that go along with it. They can still set you up to at least have, okay, my text, my buttons, my pictures, it all, looks good. The other option, which a lot of schools pursue and then end up not, is hire a local marketing company. And now these guys, let's be honest, they, they, they might say they want to help you, but they're in it for the money. Um, I actually white label for, so far I've white labeled for two different marketing firms here in South Bend. Um, and I've been working on a couple other ones and they're trying to keep their lights on they're trying to keep the people going. Uh, one that I work for right now has eight full-time staffers. I'm a freelancer. They have a few other freelancers. No, that's a lie. They have six full-timers now, trying to get numbered back to seven and eight. They have a lot of overhead. So in order to actually pay their people, pay the bills, pay the lights, um, pay for the programs and the subscriptions, I mean, the, the, the amount of money they dump in subscriptions is unreal. In order to do that, a very basic website, they'll charge you about five to $6,000. And I only know that because I've seen it. Um, in fact, my, um, uh, it was a high school friend, her dad, he, he owns an insurance company. He hired a local marketing firm and he, after they built it, he told me to look at it and I said, it, it looks cheap. It looks like they put no time into it. He goes, you're right, because they didn't. And then when I found out what he paid, it's, it's more than what I've charged anybody before. And it's because, it's not the fact that marketing people don't like you. It's the fact of they're trying to keep the lights on. And the third option, if you don't want to go DIY, you don't go to a big marketing firm, is little freelancers. And that's what I am. I'm a freelancer. And again, I'm not trying to give a sales pitch. I'm not trying to get your money. It's more just the fact of I'm here to help. I'm here to help. This is, this is what I do. But since I have you for, what time do we get out of here? 3.15? 3.10? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. We'll get out of here in just a minute. So I'll, I'll give my sales pitch, right? So right now, what I do is... Um, Again, I'm a website developer. I try to come alongside small to medium-sized businesses, and honestly, I'm finding a really unique niche in the blogging world. Um, apparently, it's really offensive to call them mommy bloggers. But my wife calls them mommy bloggers, so I guess that lets me do it. But basically, I'm getting into the blogging sphere, and there's a lot of big-time money in that, so I've been building a lot of websites in the blogger sphere. In fact, I'll be launching a website while I'm here for a blogger. 
Normally for a business website, I start about 2,500 bucks. That's my normal baseline rate and normally it goes up from there. A smaller blog is more about 2,000. And I found that that's been a very good sweet spot for small businesses. I know for churches and for schools, it's like, oh goodness, that's, that's, that's way too much. Like we don't have $2,500. And I agree. And I know you guys don't. You guys aren't the big school. You're the little school trying to make do with it. And so I do want to just give you an offer right now. And if you want me to come and help you guys build your website, it's not just I take your information and I put it to a new website, but I talk with your admin. I talk with the staff members that I need to. We work on what's the purpose of the school? What's the vision behind the school? Where are you trying to take parents? What vision, what mission are you trying to accomplish? What can we do to take parents on a tour? Normally that would start about 2,500 bucks. But if you guys want my help with this, um, I'll mark the price down to, uh, what did I say? 1750. There it is. 1750. So for 1750, I won't just take what you have and rebuild something prettier, but I'll actually work with your school and try to figure this out. But again, I'm not in it for the money. I'm just in it to teach. So if you have any questions, I, I do website audits for free all the time. You can say, hey, Mark, just check this out. I want to see the stats. I want to see what Google has to say about my speed. I want to see, is it designed well? Is it working? I do all that as well. So if you go to that link that I sent you on that QR code, it will just have a free website audit. Click that sucker, fill out the stuff, and I'll, I'll get to you. But I'm here to, I'm here to teach. I love having these conversations. And if you just want to talk to me about like, okay, here's, here's where we need help. Just what can we do to make it actually look better? I'd love to have that conversation with you. And in fact, I'm going to have that conversation with you in the next hour. So that's, that's kind of the game plan with that. So um, before we end, I'll pull up what time we're supposed to end. I know I'm a great host. I actually expected someone to be in here to set it all up and, and get things started like the other ones I've been to. But um, any questions, though, for me before we, we get out of here and start workshop number two? When, when we initially uh, set up our website, the main problem we hit, we didn't, we were completely not knowledgeable. And when you say updates, do you mean just update of the content itself? And, and, and the, to answer that question, I'll answer it from my business side, is um, what I do for a lot of businesses is I have what's called a uh, WordPress website maintenance plan. And so in that, I, I'll go into my sales pitch a little bit. So whenever you have a website and it's on WordPress or not a Squarespace or not a Wix, you have to have your domain name, which is, you know, like the address of your house, basically like, you know, www.markai.com. And then you have your hosting plan. And so I've always described it again as the house of the domain is your address. The hosting is the land at which your house will sit on. Um, so you always have to pay a hosting fee. Now, a lot of times what businesses will do specifically around smaller churches is they'll say, hey, you know what? We'll have a small setup fee. I know Clover is big about this thousand dollar setup fee or $500 setup fee. And then it's 75 bucks a month. And then it's just, it's, it works. It's there. It's, it's cool. Um, but the problem I found with that is whenever a company or a marketing firm or another freelancer like myself says, hey, just pay me 75 a month, 60 a month. I'll make sure it's secured. I'll make sure it's backed up daily. I'll give any updates. You let me know. And I'll even host it for you on my service. So all you have to do is just pay the bill and you never think about it again. 
The problem with that that I've found is I've already had to unhijack three sites where the the company or the freelancer is no longer responsive. They don't get back to emails. They want an update. They come back a week later, and then they're like, hey, we did the update. It's like, that's still wrong, and now it doesn't matter because that event's done. Um, I don't like that because I feel like that's unethical. Um, so I don't host anybody's websites. And so I normally will work with uh, churches and schools to get cheap hosting that is also secure and backed up. Um, but on top of that, I do do my maintenance plans where um, for businesses right now, it's just 49 bucks a month. For churches, I try to keep it more around that 30 to $40. Depends how big the website is. And in that, I do uh, security malware scans um, pretty much pretty much monthly, daily backups, uh, a report to you every single month of, hey, here's how your website is actually doing and performing and making sure that hackers are staying away, that firewalls are what they're doing, what they're supposed to do. And if something crashes, you're not losing sleep, I'm losing sleep, and that's just part of it. And then I throw in a bonus hour of whatever updates you want to do. Um, right, and so... A lot of that is based on how you build the website, and that's why I like, you know, um, they call them page builders. Um, Squarespace is a page builder. Wix, Weebly is a page builder. I build on WordPress, but I use a agency-level page builder on WordPress. Um, so uh, a case in point, um, I'll go into it later, but uh, Mississippi Valley Christian School down in Alton, um, Dave Schneider, father-in-law, he's the administrator down there. Um, I built the website in such a way where I actually, after I built it, I sent videos along with that website and just, and, that, and that's, I, I forgot to say, so if you hire me for this, I also train you how to edit it as well. Um, where if you want to, okay, we want to update these pictures. We want to change the text. We want to update the parent newsletter and this thing. How do I do it? And then, so I send videos alongside with that that are just, they're, they're in YouTube, so that way they never get deleted. They're on a hidden page on your website, so you can just look and, and edit it like that. Um, a lot of builders, though, um, it, it depends, again, on, on who you hire. Some people code everything by hand, and I ain't got time for that. I'm not about that life. And um, there's a lot of ways that we can still, people will say, oh, if you use this, it'll slow down your website. I still rank in the top 90. Like, like, like basically, Google has different percentages. Most of my websites are up in the 90s if I do it right. So I don't know if that answers the question. So um, the biggest one for updates is, yes, hiring a firm to actually build it, but then teach you as well. And sometimes that's where the price tag will come in. So the marketing firms, that they'll charge you the $6,000, it's because they also want to teach you how to do all the updates too. Thank you. Cool. Sorry, I know that was very long-winded. That's long-winded, so. Anybody else? I know I sped through everything. No? Cool, 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 cool. So um, next webinar, what the game plan is, is we're going to talk about what are parents looking for on the website. Because again, if we have a really, for lack of a better word, beautiful, gorgeous website, and it's not converting parents, are we actually doing our jobs? So the next one, we'll talk about, okay, what questions are parents asking? What type of content do we need on the website? How can we take parents through and through? And I'll actually pull up uh, a couple of different websites that I love to follow to just show what these schools are doing and why their enrollment numbers are boosting because of how they actually did that. So um, yeah, that's all the time I got. So, um, and all the things that I say. So I'll let you guys go. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but the workshop, if you don't mind me. The next time, is it start at 3.30? 3.40. 3.40. All right, cool. Yeah, we got like 25 minutes, so. 
Again, I'm here to answer any questions that you guys got. So I'll just be hanging out. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.